0: Welcome to the podcast. Corey Palm Tanner lifts it. Head coach Tony Ersland, coming to you for the first of a couple postseason versions of uh, of the podcast, guys. It's been a month of Sunday since I've I've seen you since we've launched one of these. Been a long, strange year, but uh, we are finally glad that it is finally March and and we can get to uh, get to what really matters here in, in the postseason. Tony, uh, good to see you, Tanner. Good to see you as always, uh, coach. As we. As we head to Big Tens this week, what are your thoughts overall on uh, on where the team's at?
1: Yeah, I mean, right. It's it's been a tough year and a bit of a roller coaster ride with so many freshmen in the in the lineup, but then some really outstanding individual performances as well. So, really, I mean, it, it's one of optimism that um, you know we've got some kids who have really excelled and that are on the on the on the on the doorstep of uh, accomplishing some great things. And I do think. Um, our freshmen, uh, you know, it's been a long year for some of those guys, but full of experiences, both good and bad, that they can draw on now and that, uh, you know, hopefully we see payoff. You know, not not all uh, losses are just negative, you know, experiences, right? You can be used to grow and develop and be pushed in so many ways. And that's the way, you know, I want to look at this is, yes, it's been tough from them learning to be pushed and grow. But, man, they've looked good here in our training going in, and I think they've developed in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, it's been interesting, Corey. Uh, I know uh, our con- our comms contact William Soule, put out a stat. We had the most starts during the Big Ten dual season, uh, most freshman starts of any t- any team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Which um, in our locker room, that's not really a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it's definitely made for some it's made for some trying times. I've uh I've had to keep Coach Ersland's – uh. Wheels on the tracks here, <laughs> here and there during the season. But, yeah, uh, no, it's it's interesting. You look at the fact that, like, I think one of the, the exercises that I did that put things, some things in perspective, where I went back over the last eight nine years and I I pulled the records of of all our freshman starters. And, um, you know, with the exception of maybe Kendall Coleman as a as a redshirt freshman, um, a lot of guys who did a lot of special things. Uh, had had first years that looked a lot like our freshmen this year. So, um, you know, just keep grinding. We've been here before and and uh, we've we've accomplished a lot from a lot of those kids.
1: Yeah, we've been here before. We've just never had so many of them at one time. Right? I mean, that, that was the, That was the thing where, you know, as Tanner mentioned, you know, talking me off a ledge here and there as far as, you know, what we saw out, you know, in a dual meet maybe and, and being like, wow, you know, we've, we've got to fix some things. Um, you know, it just was a lot of young people out there. But at the same time, like I said, I've really seen some growth as we've trained these last two weeks, getting ready to go into big tens. Uh, some guys have really ele- elevated themselves. They look like they're as dialed in as ever. Their energy is good. Their focus is good. And, and they're not as much freshmen anymore as they were, right? They're more battle tested, and so um, I'm pretty excited to see them kind of want to test themselves in, in a tournament like the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, to to grab a couple more notes that uh, that William provided uh, me this morning: uh, six freshmen going to their first Big Ten championships this this yeah. uh, this weekend. Uh, that's more than anybody in the field, and you've had ten freshmen. Uh, in the dual lineup at some point this year which is the whole lineup you know yeah. when, when you look yeah, at it that way Tanner. there's 10, no, weights. It's, it's 10 just, weight classes yeah. yes it, it's yes crazy. you need both hands and uh tanner's starting to take off his feet or t- take off his <laughs> shoes if uh, if you if you wrestle another freshman coach yeah
1: yeah it's it, yeah it's it's wild when you think in terms of how many freshmen we ran out there it really is uh, but again we're here now, right? And there's, yep. there's no looking back, you know, I mean, it's, it's only looking forward and what can we do and how can we use these experiences to, to be in the moment and perform well. And that's all we're focused on is kind of what are we going to do? You know, it's, it's about us. Everybody's zero and zero, right? You get postseason uh, before doesn't matter. And we got to be where our feet are. And we got to focus on what we got to do right now.
2: Tony, um, one of the things that I've been, impressed with about the group, specifically when you talk about the freshmen, Um, despite some of the ups and downs they've gone through, I really feel like the group has stayed very positive and optimistic about the overall picture of, of where they are and where they're going and and what we're doing. Um, As a head coach, you know, how does that, I guess, how have you instilled that in them and how, how does that continue to affect things going forward?
1: Yeah, I think, I I really look at that coming from a mindset of it's not just about right now. It's always about what's to come, you know what I mean? And, and you got to be hopeful, right? Like everything's got to start for, Hey, we're going to be better in the future because we're going to keep working hard. We're going to keep learning. We're going to keep doing the right things. And so you have that, 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 you know, look to tomorrow, like, Hey, think we're going in the right direction and things will improve. Even though right now we didn't get what we want. And the other thing is, the way I really looked at the this group this year, too, and it's not just about three days in March, although we really covet those three days, right? Like their kids are going to realize their dreams, but it's about what is your uh, what is your uh, your culture and your um, your program going to look like in the future? Right. It's about getting these young men to grow up, think, compete and train. What, how it's going to serve them best in the future, right? Creating that for the program is also a big deal. So you look at it two ways. You know that you got to do the right things to be better tomorrow. And you know that, hey, I need to create a culture that's going to help keep this program going where it's been and where it needs to go in terms of uh, collecting postseason honors.
2: For sure. Uh, speaking of the postseason, we, uh, we ship out tomorrow tomorrow. To tropical Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, now, a little history lesson. This is this is before you were the uh, the head coach here, Tony. But the last time we were in Michigan, uh, the Boilermakers had a pretty good showing. It was one of our uh, one of our. In fact, it was the best showing that the program had had until our fifth place finish two years ago. So, uh, some good some good karma in Chrysler Center for. Uh, for the Boilermakers that hopefully we can, we can tap back into that.
1: Absolutely. We'll take, we'll take all the good karma along with our hard work that, that we've put in now as well. You know, um, you know, a
2: little, a little, uh, good vibe, never hurt anybody. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I guess, start with the top seeded guys. Let's, let's, let's dig into the championships a little bit more, dig into the roster. Um, a pair of guys seated third at their respective weights and uh, could have made legit arguments to, to put him a little higher if, if, if you know, yep. um, Matt Ramos, 125 pounds and Kendall Coleman at 157 pounds. Uh, starting with with Matty, um, you know, talk a little bit about his season and, and what we're looking for as we as we come into these next uh, few weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, Matt's had a heck of a year, you know. I mean, uh, with with only the loss to uh, to Spencer Lee in in the Big Ten uh, season, he has, as you mentioned before, kind of alluded to it, uh, a legitimate um, gripe. I maybe gripe is not the right word, but he a, le- a legitimate um, you know reason to think he's the two seed. And That's I'm good. actually really looking forward to seeing how the points came out. You know, Seeds can still change. If we are within three points, there can be arguments made and seeds can move. Uh, and so I'll, I'll be interested to see how the points came out because him and Cronin did not face each other. Cronin did not compete in the duel. We did. And so it wasn't because we had taken a loss. It's just simply we didn't see each other. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, uh, yeah, but I feel really good no matter who he's in front of that. Matt has been great about wrestling his match all year long. You know, it's, you know what you're going to get from him. And that makes as a coach, you're not guessing, you know what you're going to get. And you know, you're going to be in the match. And so uh, I feel really good about where he's at against anybody, you know, so that's like a warm blanket, isn't it? yes Yes, it is i mean uh, there's no better feeling than consistency for a a coach when he sends his guy out to know hey this is what we're going to see and this is what's going to happen this is where we're going to wrestle from when you have a really good idea of that you, you feel really good you know and so that's matt's put himself in that spot and and we expect he'll keep it going like he has all year uh kendall you know kendall uh again you know the three did not see the penn state athlete who's the two you know we did have one one uh hiccup in there i'll say kind of a controversial loss at wisconsin when we lost on a neutral zone you know kind of danger count right it was a takedown that wasn't even in my mind really a takedown to tell you the truth um got athlete never secured control so Mm -hmm. that one's a little strange but again kent kendall has had a tremendous year with some big wins and, and no reason to think he won't do anything but what he's done all year, go out and get after people and, and go get his points. He's dangerous, right? He, just because the stuff he has, he's he's very dangerous and and people respect him when they go out. You see, they don't want to wrestle quite as much as they do. They want to slow it down and hold position and, and try to keep it to a one-point match. And, um, but, but, man, Kendall's in shape and looking good. So I'm excited to watch him uh, mix it up with
2: these kids. Um, in the case of both Ramos and Coleman, you know, we talked about the fact that like, you know, they didn't see this person or they didn't get to wrestle that person. Um, I felt like this year, above many others recently, that the schedule um at different weights kind of like really made some of the weights tough to seed. Because, you know, you had, you know, you got a guy like Levi Haynes who was undefeated in the conference but didn't wrestle against Peyton Robb, didn't wrestle Kendall Coleman. You know, didn't wrestle uh, Saldate, and then Saldate same thing. Didn't wrestle any of those. You know, his his only loss yeah. was you know he lost to uh, uh, he lost to out at Reno, and then he lost to Levi or to uh, Peyton Rob, but didn't see a bunch of other guys in the in the field. And so, um, I feel like every year the Big Ten gets a little bit harder to seed as we look at those sheets because of fourteen teams with eight you know eight or nine duels and you're and you're trying to yep. you're trying to you're trying to match up things that aren't necessarily equal.
1: For sure. And and you know I think um, I don't know that there's a good way we solve that except for you wrestle more big 10 teams. And honestly if you look right like we didn't see Cronin. We didn't see Rob in the duels there uh, we didn't see Tal Shahar like and however you want to think of it NBA load management maybe a guy was nicked up here or there I'm not saying people always legitimately dodge people. But man, there's some times when you just didn't see people and you knew it was to their advantage not to see you again. Right. And so how do you fix that? Well, you, you, you wrestle more people, but the Big Ten is already such a brutal schedule packed into a short amount of time. You know, we just cut ourselves to pieces. So I don't have a good remedy for that. And that's just the way it is. So you, you kind of got to live with the way that the chips fall. And, and go wrestle your tail off. You know you can't you can't cry about it or complain about it. Let's go wrestle, and that's really where we land. You know you are fighting hard all all regular season long to get here, and now it's just trying to to lace them up, put your foot on the line, and let's let's go settle
2: it. Yeah, fifty seven got even crazier when you throw in a guy like Mikey Carr from Illinois. Oh who, yeah, who obviously we know he's talented. You know yeah, the yeah, guy can does. wrestle, um, but he only wrestled four matches this year. One big, big Ten team, duel, right? That's uh, wild. No. He had, you know, he wrestled three Big Ten duels, but in two of them, oh. he saw the other guy's backup. Oh, oh. so yeah. was it? So you know what I mean? Like he 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 wrestled three Big Ten duels, which is as many as some other, but only guys. against one guy in the field. is yeah. What you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Kobe Seabrick was his only his only opponent in the field. Um, I can't remember who the other two teams were right now, but they both uh, they both sent out their backup against him. Right. And then you think too, right. And this, and this is where we
1: talk about how, how things fall as far as points and how people vote. Um, you know, personally, if you don't compete a lot, you know, I think you get penalized. Like that's how we, I know we looked at it that way, right? If you didn't compete a lot, then we dinged you a bit. Not because we don't like you or think you're not really? capable, but you just didn't have the resume that other people had. Right. And so we knocked those, some of those guys down a little bit more. Um, but other coaches may not. They might say, hey, he's got one great win, and so he deserves to be here, and that's how he views it. You know, and that's what makes things dicey. You know, there's no hard and fast rules, you know, to to seating. You know, I mean, it's sometimes you just gotta use your guts and how you think it, it, it should be.
0: Well, and we can see we can see, you know, the proofs in the pudding with what you value this year, not just in, you know, when you're putting in your vote on where people should be seated, but in how you handled your roster. Your top guys, your the guys that were in the lineup week in, week out, enter this tournament, enter postseason, with the most matches of anybody in the tournament. 26, yep. uh, 26 matches for for Ramos is the most of anybody in the field this weekend. Yep. And, and Coleman's second with 25. I, I Part of that is, you know, you guys wrestled three, three opens, right? Um, and they both went to the finals. Multiple times. You they, they went on yep. runs, they got a lot of matches. But you also, you know, when the rubber met the road in, in late January, early February, and the grind is getting to everyone, you weren't hiding your guys. You were putting them out there. You were saying, Let's go. That's sort of what, what your program, what you value for your program, and and it's I know it's become a national conversation. I've wanted to have this talk and we probably shouldn't have it on air, uh, with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a, this has been an issue this season, a, a big old bright spotlight on this issue the last month. Oh, in, in and I was, telling
2: Tony, I was telling Tony this morning, um, you saw in the EIWA, they, uh, they made both Pat Glory and Yanni Diakmahalas, the two seeds at EIWA's,
0: which is kind of like, that's kind of punishment. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: They, they, they didn't wrestle a ton. either one of them. Glory yeah. wrestled a bunch of matches up at 33. Um, you know, they they are known proven commodities. Those guys, I mean, there's no doubt, like those guys are both the one seed in their company. Of, of course. Like it's not yeah. it's not much of an argument, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I and I don't know how the EIWA does their seating, you know, like the Big Ten, the coaches seed it, right? I don't know if that's how they do their their things, per se. Um, but like you said, there there has been a value on competing. It hasn't always been consistent. Yeah. But there has been a value placed on it, and uh, I am very curious to see how uh, guys like Kendall and, and Matt get treated um, for nationals when it comes to the fact of, like, we, we wrestled all comers. We, we were out on the mat for, for everybody that, that came across us this year, and uh, whether or not that ends up helping or hurting us. Right. And, and the funny thing is, right,
1: and we've just talked about how our guys wrestle. So with that in mind, this is actually, from my standpoint, a bit of a pared down schedule, too, in the, in terms of this. We used to schedule 16 dates. You know, you can go back. I can remember Dylan Lighty, uh, you know, and some other guys back in that class, Bruner, that it was easily 40, you know, 40 some matches. And so if you look at match counts, they've been declining. And I thought, say similarly, let's, let's take a few matches off, rustle enough to be in shape and see everybody we need to see, but still we're not, we're not hit sitting 30 matches. Now with still big tens and nationals to go. And then you're at 40, you know, when you're done. And so this still is a bit pared down, but for a lot of people, it's wrestling a lot, you know, 26, Matt's going to be, You know, in the 30s, you know, in there, you know, when he's done, and and so some guys won't even get to 30. So it is interesting about where match counts. Get to
2: 20, Tony.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's no (laughs) doubt. And so, what what is it that you really need? You know, and what do you value, right? And that that's where this comes into play even more. It's we really value three days in March, which I understand why. I'm a traditionalist at heart too. And when you work as hard as these kids do. To have the chance to be a national champion, all American, big deal. Big Ten champ means a lot as well. Um, but then, does it devalue the duel? And should we, as a sport, devalue the duel? Right. That's a different conversation because you're pulling guys out. And do you take a dual loss, and it's no big deal? Right. Like that's a whole podcast on its own, it and sure that's exa- and that's exactly right. We can talk in the you know in the postseason about. How important is the duel and where should it, its place be? And, and how do you emphasize it and grow it? Because when baseball's trying to shorten their games, right, and everybody else is trying to make everything more viewer friendly, okay, duels would seem to be the way to go for our sport. It's two hours. People can get into the rivalry aspect yep. of it. Yep. They'll you come to the arena. The team arena. versus the team. Yes, right, and they'll do that. So – and again, I know that's a different deal down the road for us, but it takes you in those directions, which for me are important discussions. Like we should have those discussions and then make decisions on that.
0: Another thing that I think is interesting is, is and I've, as we've got to know you and the way you run the program here at Purdue, you change what you value a little bit from year to year. When you had the more veteran team a few years ago, you know, you, you passed on the December, the late December open. You went to South Beach Duels instead. You know, yep. sometimes you you open the season at Michigan State or at Clarion Open or at Navy. Sometimes you open yep. with, you know, Journeyman Duels instead. Right. It's it's if a team needs more matches, like this year's team with with its youth and inexperience, you get more matches and you schedule it that way. That's really cool, but that's intentional. That is, you know, well thought out. You've got reason behind it. It's not, well, I want my guy to get the best seats so we're going to sit him.
1: Right. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, you're trying to develop your team, and every team is different. So you are right about that. There's not a hard and fast rule you know in terms of that every year um your team is different even if it's the exact same number of guys i think i've told you before they are different they're a year older better and worse experiences like there's different things they bring to the table so you you to me you have to adjust with what your team is and make the best decisions you can
2: absolutely uh let's push more into the roster um parker Phillips, the eight seed at 141 pounds um that was a crazy one. <laughs> totally. Tough weight to seed. Yeah, yeah. At, at, it was. It was. Was it four through eleven? Is that what we said, Tony? The, the the four through eleven seeds was the biggest jumbled round robin of A beat B, who beat C, who beat A. That yeah. you could really imagine. It was. It was wild. Um, I even did an exercise. Uh, I messed with uh, with a couple yeah. of the guys. I switched out the names of the wrestlers for superheroes and like plugged it, you know, like Spider-Man beat Thor and Thor beat the Hulk, and yeah, they they looked at it and just shook their heads and walked away. They, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they yeah, like
1: Christ-eating then, right, because at least when you know who the kid is, again, you might fall back on past history, right? There might be some bias or maybe even like, hey, he's a former All-American, you know what I mean? And even though he dropped a match here, we forgive him for that. We know he's better. But when you just put su- superhero names in there like that, and
2: you don't know? Good luck. I mean, it made your head hurt. It was wild. So, um, yeah, it was interesting to see the way it kind of it played out. Um, you know, I think the good news for us, Tony, was is we were pretty comfortable with Parker falling wherever in that mess because we felt like, you know, even though, yes, he did lose to a couple guys and he beat a couple guys in that whole mess, um, we felt like pretty much any of those spots would be pretty comfortable for him.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, bottom line, you know, Parker's best is, is good enough. You're right. No, no matter who he's wrestling, he, he knows that he just needs to focus on his process and how he needs to execute and, and he will be fine. Um, so that, yeah, we, I, I think that's well said. We're, we're comfortable with, you know, where he was going to fall and, and let,
2: let's, let's wrestle. Um. Hayden Copus, the ten seed at heavyweight, uh, it's it was a kind of a back and forth deal with he and Tristan Ruhlman. Uh Tristan ended up getting hurt, so so Hayden had to step up and and, and man the ship alone, um, and had a couple nice wins down the stretch to uh, to get himself up to the ten seed. They're going to take nine at heavyweight, puts him really in the conversation to uh to see if he can snatch a spot to Tulsa.
1: Yeah, a guy like Copus, as you just mentioned, he's close, right? I mean, he's you're talking about a match here or there, you know, it sends you to the national championships. And so he's, he's got a lot to wrestle for. He's, he's right there, as you mentioned. And, um, that was an interesting situation. And, and injuries were a thing for us this year. You know, we had two, three guys out of the lineup routinely because of injuries. And, um, you know, when, when Tristan, uh, hurt the knee coming back from scuffle and was out, you know, Copus was ready and he had been out right with, with some injury before. So, Thank goodness they didn't overlap and we were able to at least have uh, some some quality people in there for, for a good majority of the season.
2: Um, Ben Vanadia, another another freshman in the lineup. He got the 12 seed at 184 pounds. Um, again, had a couple Big Ten wins to, to push himself up a little bit on the board there. Uh, Going to go get his first taste of, of Big Ten action.
1: Yeah. Um, one of those freshmen when I'm talking about, hey, you like where they're at, uh, he's a guy who's been training well, you know, uh, he, he looks like he's, he's grown a little bit from this season and it's tough on everybody when you've go- gone from being the best, you know, and winning opens even as a true freshman, but now, Hey, you know, you're, you're getting punched in the mouth, so to speak regularly. Uh, it really kind of shows who you are, you know, as a person and he's, he's stayed with it and even been, been able to pick it up here at the end in terms of his focus and in his fight and what he's doing. So that's a particular guy I'm talking about when we say, Hey, I'm excited to see how they look. Ben, Ben fits that mole. He's got the talent and I know he wants to do well and he's been working hard for it. So, you know, you want those guys to go out and free themselves up and let it rip nothing to lose here. Let's let it, let it
2: rip. A bunch of our other freshmen, uh, down towards the, down towards the bottom of the seeds, but all very, very capable. Um, did make a change, uh, 165 and 174, uh, Cooper Nori and Stony Buell have been kind of going back and forth at 165 all season. Decided, uh, decided they both need to be in the lineup for Big Ten. So Stony's going to stay down at 65. Coop's going to go up to 74, and they're both going to get in the batter's box and uh, and swing and see what they can make happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we thought that that Coop, who had been up, you know, at times for us, he's, he's you know been around a lot, right? Been in a few more matches. Uh, kind of proved to us he could he could handle 74. I think, you know, uh, and where Stony being in the lineup first year was probably more natural fit at 65. So that's why we went that way. And again, man, nothing to lose here. Get in there, be the tough out, and and, and go to work, and, you know, keep swinging and, and see where you land. So that that's all I'm looking for with these young guys. Don't give people respect. Don't look at the rankings. Don't look at the numbers. Man, just go out there and get after people. Focus on what you need to do you know, be, be more process oriented and, and, and get after them in, in the ways that you know, you can.
2: Another one of those funny uh, round Robin type seating situations was at the bottom one thirty three, with with uh, Dustin Norris coming out as the 13 seed. But um, there was a, you know, he beat Henry Porter from IU who beat Raymond Foley, who beat uh, Kyle Berwick, who beat so-and-so. So there was a, there was a kind of a crazy situation there with, with who beat who and, Mm-hmm. And where that ended up and so with with again with nine spots at that weight, um, definitely a shot for just about anybody in that field to, to find their way on the podium. There's no doubt. And and
1: Norris um is kind of a victim, not a victim, but Suffered in the seeding because of some of his, you know, inconsistent losses, right? Like he has a, a, some good wins there. If you look at his record, and Porter being the 11, you know, you were hoping you could maybe get Dustin up in that 11, you know, maybe even 10 11 spot, but he just had a few inconsistent, you know, losses in there that hurt him and knocked him down a bit. Doesn't doesn't stop him from being capable he's still capable to get where he needs to be but just from a seating and that not uncommon right that's why i got all this gray hair some of those inconsistent performances from the young guys hurt him in terms of a seating you know a number uh at the big 10 championships
2: i thought norris also you know i you said victim so i'll just keep using that word um, <laughs> he saw some backups in in big yep. 10 goals. you know he did not see the starter from minnesota he didn't see the starter from wisconsin so he, uh, you know, found himself in a position where when they, they get those big 10 ballots out, he had fewer matches against the field than, than some other guys and fewer opportunities for, for wins and so on and so forth. So, um, now he ended up losing to the guy at Minnesota and beating the kid at, uh, at Wisconsin. So yeah. it, was, it made for, uh, you know, if he gets those starters instead and something different happens, who knows, Right. And then listen, and that's important for everybody to remember going in, right? It's just a
1: number. You got to make your own luck. And again, it's zero and zero. You're capable. Focus on what you need to do. I mean, there's right there's examples all over the place. Like, uh, let's talk fifty-seven, which is a very deep weight. Brayton Lee started the season number one. Yep. My man is the eleven seed. Right. And is Brayton capable? Brayton's capable. When we walk out against him, if, if Kendall sees him, you know, somewhere, be ready, man. Let's be ready to wrestle. Yeah. There'll be a lot it's, of respect. Just, it's just a number. Right. Focus on what you got to do to take care of your business. It's so that that's the thing, you know, it's easy for people to get hung up on numbers, but it is the Big Ten and the rubber is going to meet the road early and you got to be ready to go every round.
2: Oh, you know, it's funny you said fifty seven. Uh, I want to say with, with 13 of the 14 kids were ranked in the final coaches poll of the season.
0: Crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Only, only, ended
0: with,
2: only ended up with 10 spots and mm-hmm. automatic allocation spots. So, um, yeah, that should be a heck of a bracket. should be a lot of fun to see yeah. how that pans out and, uh, and who ends up with those top eight spots. Bet we
1: get a few wild cards there.
2: I would
0: hope so. <laughs> That's the thing that, you know, Ten guys qualify, but man, that battle for eleventh to twelfth is going to be hot and heavy too. Oh yeah, because you've got to put yourself in the best spot for that at-large bid.
1: There's no doubt you want to be in that one-out spot. You know what I mean, yeah. for sure, because it's a part of the criteria.
2: Yeah, the fact that they're going to have to wrestle that weight all the way out to eleventh place is a little. Yeah. It's not quite eighty-four from last year, but it's. Yeah. But it's. Uh, but it's, it's close. It's intense for sure.
0: How did we feel about uh, uh, allocations this year? 10 is the most. Uh, most of the weight classes it looks like have nine. 74 has seven. Uh, that's, yep. a, that's a real small number for the big 10 uh, uh, Did it feel it felt more equitable, more even across the board or did it seem like it was about right?
1: i thought it was maybe a little low and not much I, I like i'm not sitting here with like huge complaints that boy we really got robbed but it did feel uh, a little low to me you know i thought we might have had a few more spots um but again what you wait and see is what's the final number when they do all these wild cards here you know in in five six days what what's it look like then do they hit the number you know where where we thought yeah i
2: thought i thought 33 and 57 were low yeah. Those are the two weights in particular that I looked at and was like, and I actually, to be honest with you, I thought we were going to get more at 65 as well. Yeah. If you want, if you, if you want to throw one yeah. more in there. For 65 the
0: eight. Yeah, And
1: 65, that's where I land. I, I would have landed at it. We wanted three more spots or, or deserved three more spots. Yeah.
2: yeah. I thought there were some, I thought there were some guys in there and, and I didn't get too much into the nitty gritty of who did and did not earn bids at that weight. I know that there's people out there that analyze that and, and break it down and so on and so forth but um yeah, I thought there was probably a few more a few more guys that, that could have earned bids at 165 specifically yep um I can't believe big Tens is here already. I, I'll tell you that much <laughs> um, it's uh the postseason is, is here and I think these last you know Tony you can speak to this a little bit um the end of the season was a little different from us. And the fact that we've, we've had a pretty extended break uh, between our last duel and, and going to Ann Arbor this weekend.
1: Yeah. And and I've enjoyed it. And now we'll see with final results, you know, what it, what it looks like from a team standpoint too, but Uh, personally, I enjoyed it because we got some guys healthier. They got to relax a bit, get some perspective on the season and then train, right? Like we got a good training cycle again out of it where sometimes you come out of your last duel, you get a day off and then boy, Hey, we got to go, um, with, with no chance to rest your body and kind of get ready for the next push. And, um, this year we got that. And so far, like I said, I've, I've liked, the way people have responded. So I'm pretty excited about what the training cycle has been for this group.
0: That's good
2: Well, to hear. Short, yeah, short trip for us up to Ann Arbor, just a four-hour drive that we will, uh, we will take on tomorrow. Uh, coaches meetings, final seeds, brackets determined on Friday. And uh, Saturday, it'll be time to uh, rock and roll.
1: Yeah, it's like you said, it's going to disappear on us quick, right? But final preparations are really in tomorrow morning. You know, it's just a short, quick workout, and then get, let's get packed and get in, get out of here. So it's, it's honest, the hay's in the barn, so to speak. Yep. And, um, you know, like I said, everybody at least looks like they're chopping at the bit. So I expect guys to show up and go after people, and then you see where the chips fall.
2: Absolutely.
0: Love
2: it. Uh, a couple quick shout outs to some incoming Boilermakers. Um, as state championships have been happening all over the country, uh, Orlando Cruz and Cole Salome, uh, took home Indiana state titles here two weeks ago. Um, while, uh, Delaney and Ashton Jackson were state runner up here in Indiana. Those were nice. Um, Grayson Clark picked up a state championship up in Wisconsin this past weekend. His fourth. Yeah, it was his fourth. He's a four timer in Wisconsin. That's a pretty, uh, Pretty elite list. Uh, yeah, there. Twenty, I think. Would they say twenty-three in the uh, history of the state of Wisconsin is what he is was, now. So. It was at one A or something like. I think it was the fact that yeah. he's in the biggest. He's in the biggest class as well. Yeah. So and then uh, Joey Blaze is still a few weeks out over in Ohio. They're always very
0: late in the process, but um, they are. But did you know did I see Joey just so became? You, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. He he just became the all-time wins leader at his, at, at Perry'sburg, right? He sure did. Pro 176 wins
1: right it. now and counting that's where he's at so to have,
0: a, to have a record like that
1: yes yeah he's, he's got a little brother uh, i can't say his little brother's name so i won't i won't go there but could, yeah. break. could break it there you go so um now, I'm safe. excited again that you know we've got a young group that's gonna you know, like i said set up foundation for the next years to come with experience and yep. you know what this year was and then we're going to add to it with with some really accomplished, good young kids. And that, that's got us all excited for the future um, with seeing what these young men are doing here the last few weeks.
2: It's been uh, – Corey, it's been crazy trying to keep track of the staff as they have gone all over the country to different tournaments. Uh, last yeah. week Tony went to California. AJ went to Missouri. Jake went to Wisconsin. Coach Gardner yep. was running workouts here. And then we hosted a kids tournament here locally on Sunday. It's been nuts. So, it's kind of nice um, that
0: Ohio's a little bit late so that you can, you know, get
2: <laughs> yeah. that off it's a little bit. The week after
1: Big Ten. So, at least, you know, hey, we, we're not as much going on, right? We can, and it's close. So, yeah. we can have practice, get over that night, you know, watch, you know, watch Joey and, and other guys perform. And it wasn't you know, like your 24 hour trip to the West Coast. Oh, buddy, that was brutal. And, I can't say names because, you know, we were prohibited in how we can talk about kids, but we've got some underclassmen that are doing great things that are coming to Purdue as well. That's got us awfully excited. So, um, you know, the the recruiting we talked about this fall and as well as it continued now this spring with the state tournaments, it's, it's exciting because we've got a lot of good young men um, coming uh, in the future
0: too. That's great to hear excited about the future excited about the present as well. Uh, as we are, uh, you know, hours away at this point from Big Ten championships. The first f- starts flying at 10 a.m. session one on Saturday up in Ann Arbor. Uh, guys, good luck. Travel safely and uh, and compete well. OK,
1: yep. And I really like these graphics here, by the way, Corey, I'm telling you, this is sharp. I'm impressed. <laughs> so even though we, we slacked off a little bit this yeah, winter, winter says, when we, were, we were making improvements.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: right. the train
0: big yeah. time.
1: There we go. You guys have really you guys have upped your game over our break. This is true.
0: There we go. This is the new standard going forward. We'll, uh, go. we'll do another one of these next week talk about results. Uh until then, boiler up